the Mindset Athlete Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition, and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think, and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hart. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message, or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. So I thought uh, listening to my audience uh, and the feedback from them was they wanted to hear more and more of me, my story, my journey. So obviously here you go and here it goes. Um, Obviously the one I wanted to cover in today's episode was uh, it's been very much prominent in the content that I've done on Facebook, Instagram, but it's not made an appearance on the podcast and that is the shift in business sense. So obviously I won't go into it in too much detail, but it's a kind of a shift from going what was from the corporate world to working with fellow amputees like myself. And the method and system process and however you want to call it, I came up with was the AMP method. And I think beyond the realms of be it amputees, I think the system, the process uh, and the methodology and to, to a certain extent the ideology of it will work for everybody because it's built on the premise of the three key principles or the three pillars that I like to use for the business is uh, the A stands for adapt, the M is master and last but not least the P stands for prove and I'll put that into some context for be it everybody that's listening and who is actually I'm doing a um simultaneously doing an Instagram live so they get it in 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 real terms and, and actually get to watch this episode being recorded and obviously if I go back to my early I'll call it early childhood be it elementary school primary school um and it's through speaking to somebody else be as a interviewee as opposed to being an interviewer uh, it actually came about this idea of obviously the monkey bar. I'll call it a method. It's not really that for me because it's it it happened and it's fact. But obviously for me, um, it's something that was very. I won't call it inspirational, but very much a marker, a mark in the sand that kind of stood me the test stood the test of time, should I say? As I could have had. A number of different um, alternative realities. I could have gone right as opposed to going left. Uh, I reached that fork in the road and it's kind of instilled a mindset where I play things down because of that mindset back in the day because it's built on be very much an adaptable mindset that okay this is an adverse situation that has occurred and has transpired but I don't see it as that. And I think because I've got that kind of mindset, I'm willing to try anything. So obviously I'll give that some context, the the story, so you can kind of picture it and get an idea in your head. Um, It was, be it, my mother always talks about this from an outside perspective. So I'll take it with a pinch of salt because 
it was, she said I was sat on the sides watching my peers play on the monkey bars. And obviously for me now, now in my, almost my mid thirties, it is something that I don't see as very much, um, poignant because it's not that big a deal because whether or not I overcame it or not, obviously it's not, it's no big deal now because it's something that's easy and it transpires that I could do it without trying. But I think at that time, uh, such a young age, I could have been, I can't speak, could have make or broke me because that's the difference between being uh, a disabled individual and an able-bodied dis- individual because that is the the barrier that is kind of limiting my ability and I think because I didn't see it as that and I kind of looked at having that I'll call it a master and, a, and a, trying to adapt my environment I'm, I'm coming up with a solution to what I term to be not a really big deal or big, not very big problem now but obviously being between the ages of probably like six and maybe 10 years old. I can't remember the exact date, how old I was, but that would have been a big deal because if I couldn't play among my peers, that's going to have a massive impact on my identity because without trying to go into too deep detail with that, you're going to be, put yourself into isolation without the full sort of being able to see it because if you're not able to do, and this is, this, I could generalize for everybody and, and somebody takes something from it. You're not doing it consciously. You would be doing it subconsciously. And obviously from a, somebody with that dis, having a disability at the forefront, that's going to be, become more and more of a problem because you're already at a disadvantage already having that impairment and being, I'm going to call it different as opposed to being termed disabled because you're already having to uh, do things not necessarily differently, but having to adapt uh, and having to adjust to what society is to, to uh, terming to be normal. So I think from that, that basis or, or that situation occurring has implemented probably the basics and the, and probably the, the foundations on, on my, obviously my core beliefs, my morals, uh, and the identity that I, that I see fit. Because obviously if it hadn't been having to come up with a solution to a problem, I wouldn't have been coming up with something that's obviously looking at, uh, being adaptable, mastering and then proving. And obviously when I say proving, I mean proving to myself that it can be done and proving to others that you can't confine me to a box. Uh, and I think everybody can heap something from that method that I've come up with for obviously from a purpose of, um, I'll coin, I'll coin it marketing for working with amputees because it's playing on the word, the word amp. Uh, but I think everybody, be it if you have an impairment or not, you can take something from that method because I think everybody needs to be adaptable, flexible uh, with their environment, whatever transpires with that problem. Uh, obviously, nobody is perfect and nobody can, to a certain extent, master something from the very beginning. And I think that's something I've learned as an athlete. Um would being in that bubble, that inner circle, that kind of 
environment that is okay on the one hand it's very positive but you don't think of of all the other people on the outside and and the periphery that to a certain extent say oh i can't emulate you because i can't uh see the relatability to you because i never see myself uh being thrust into that position well okay for a certain extent that's you saying i can't I would probably question you and say, why can't you? Because uh, to a certain extent, it's either a thought process that you've put there subconsciously by repeating it over and over again to yourself that, okay, whatever this uh, difficult situation transpires, I can't live up to it. But I question to you, why can't you? Because at the end of the day, those thought processes that you endure are either put there by yourself through a term of repetition or it's somebody else that's put those ideas into your head, be it from an outside perspective. It doesn't necessarily, I'm not talking to just people with a disability or an amputation here. I would say to everybody because if you start believing people uh, kind of saying to you, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that, should I say, sorry, um, you're going to start to believe that yourself because you don't have the ability to probably uh, disattach that thought from the emotion and you start to believe that and obviously anything that you believe over a period of time you will put into becoming reality and obviously the final point of the pillars of the amp is obviously proved like I said early on in the episode is obviously to prove to yourself that you're capable of doing it and, and proving to other, other other people that you can achieve whatever you set out to do. And I think it is a difficult one, be it from that premise. People will argue with me that, um, be it... If I bring up the, 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 um, the idea of somebody questioned me on Facebook... I'm going to say a couple of months ago with, if I use this pillar more specifically as they kind of put it as because you are strong willed in your identity, you always got an ax to grind, a chip on your shoulder to kind of prove people wrong. And I disagree with that to a certain extent because I know at the end of the day, I'm content in myself because if it will appease me or please me at the end of the day. If somebody dislikes me, dislikes whatever I put out, oh well, I, I, I'll live. And if they don't like it, you can't always please everybody. Uh, and I think, be it the nature of the beast of obviously trying to have a chip on my shoulder and axe to grind and kind of prove people wrong. Yes, I'm undoubt, undoubtedly, yes, I did believe that when I was younger, um, that probably left me, uh, once I'd retired from the international scene because I had nobody to prove wrong. It's I've, I've lived up to the expectations of myself. Okay. You could say that from a, a standpoint of how I viewed success has ever changed. And that's probably why I'm content with where I'm at now, because at the end of the day, um, I would like to use probably be it speaking with Sean Harper on my uh, my show. Uh, it would have been about two weeks ago when I aired it. My definition of viewing success versus winning. 
I would like to take the latter because obviously um, I'm not going to give too much away. I would do, I would do say say go and listen to that because um, it's, the words that he speaks are golden. I wouldn't like to t- t- detract from that. So obviously I would recommend you go listen to that one. But that's having an immense impact on how I think uh, towards success because I kind of looked at it in a, a, a different light before speaking to him. Uh, and I think, be it, obviously, it's it had changed from how I was thinking of success when I started out my, my career as an athlete because, obviously, what was propelling me to want to succeed was, obviously, the accolades of... Um, gaining notoriety to to get into a national team uh making international competitions uh then going obviously to the the, the pinnacle of of the sport which is the paralympics and obviously the one that kind of alluded me to me to me um throughout that course of that career was the elusive medal but i think because uh i've come to accept everybody's not cut out to be able to succeed at that level um, I'm content. Whereas you might say to me, uh, you kind of didn't, or I won't say, I won't say you, the audience, but I would say people like to pick holes at that because, uh, it is a, a view of success. Yes, technically you've not reached the heights of the sporting prowess or how success is viewed in t- terms of general is financial. Okay. To that, to a certain extent like that, I didn't uh, reach those heights. However, um, looking back on my career on, as a whole, I would view it as a success because obviously if you talk to me or talk to myself as a 15, 16 year old who kind of had to certain extent shunned away from sport because I thought, well, I'm not going to uh, aspire to the dream that I had of becoming a sports person because now I know I have it. Well, I always knew I had a disability, but um I'm not going to be able to realize the goal I had as a youngster of being able to play professional sports as an able-bodied peer because I have this ailment that is going to probably curtail that being possible. So I think if I'd be able to speak to myself face-to-face and say, well, this is what you're going to be able to achieve over the next decade, I would like to think that that person would be, to a certain extent, in awe and kind of said, oh, if I'm going to be able to achieve that, that's, that's, that's in my wildest dreams. Okay. As I probably got older, that probably changed. And I was a bit, a little, little bit more skeptical of, um, I'm not being ex- as successful as, as other people, because obviously, uh, be it, it transpires is a very competitive environment anyway, but be it, I think society is very competitive anyway. So you look at and you try to pick any fault in yourself where you can because you're comparing to somebody else so i think in a nutshell i will come to a conclusion on this episode obviously i think everybody can take um an ounce of how would i word this now i would call it an ounce of guidance that i'm giving be it okay the amp method is designed for the amp the amputee community but i think be it if you look to implement the strategies built within it, I think anybody could come out the other side as, and I'm going to coin Sean's phrase, uh, to become a winner. 
uh, as opposed to looking at to become a success. If you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let me know what you thought of the episode by tagging me over on Instagram at jamesoroberts11. And again, you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And if you had any questions, don't hesitate to shoot them over as well. And as always, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk and click on the tab free resources. But not forgetting, I've also started a new Facebook group, especially for the podcast, which you can find by typing The Mindset Athlete. So make sure to check that link out. It will be in the description. You can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category general. So once again, thanks for listening. And I'll catch you next week for another episode of the Mindset Athlete Podcast.